Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over a hundred casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. Eighteen plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey there, everybody. It's Wednesday. It's February twenty-second. It's Chris here, and I got Richard here, and we're going to do a. Uh, Untold history of punk rock. And I don't know what what part is this, Richard? I think we um, we're on I like think, I know or nine or I think not sure. I think eight was the last one, if I'm not mistaken. So this would be nine. I think so. Good. Yeah. Well, Nino had to uh, call in sick, and John is not with us today. So Richard has some interesting stuff that he's ran across, and we can go into that a bit. Now you were talking about uh, the. English Disco Club, and mm-hmm. how that was, I think it's, you know, we're talking about how that that's come up in uh, other discussions about uh, all the rock music scene. I think it's a, kind of a, you're saying it was a glam rock sort of club, but that yeah. kind of, and then there's sort of a, a, a development into... From glam rock to punk rock, and there was like some crossover, and then so this was like a uh... this was kind of a transition point, I'd call it. I, I, it you, you know, you had kind of that whole Laurel Canyon scene, and and then out of there developed the the, the glam scene and and all that, and which was pretty short lived, and then and then it kind of goes to punk. Uh, and and this club was founded by Rodney Bingenheimer, who is who 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 hung out with the whole Laurel Canyon scene. He was he was uh, a guy that you can you can see in old video recordings of of mamas and papas, and uh, there was a, a bunch that uh, of different bands and video and video footage you can see him hanging out with and on on set with and and all that so this guy he um he opens this english disco or the e-club was also what it was known as too um there was even talk that i i i think they sort of slapped david bowie's name as being involved in the opening of it I think it was more just to to I don't know help 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 the 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 the, the, move, the movement of that that club or whatever getting established or something. Um, but anyway, so the, he opened they opened this club and it's kind of uh, a, a, a glam scene into pr- like pre punk. Like the Stooge, Iggy and the Stooges, like they hung out there and and all. So you kind of it's this sort of transition period of glam into punk rock. And uh, and yeah, it was a pretty pretty popular hangout for for even big names like the Rolling Stones and and everything. Like I guess this was like the place they'd go hang out. Like that 
bigger, you know, bit, pretty big rock acts and whatever would, would go hang out here after their their shows and, and everything. It was kind of like an after party type club place. Sort of underage girls hanging out all over the place. Lots and lots of them. Yeah, lots of underage girls, and from some of the quotes I have here, underage boys and running around half naked and and uh, rock stars looking for sex. So underage sex. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, I'm thinking. I years ago, a friend of mine uh, opened up a bar. And he had it open for like a month or so, and then got it closed down because of uh, selling selling beer to minors or something like that. And I think it was like a uh, like a sting operation or something like that. I, I I forget. He didn't tell me many details, but uh, no, he wasn't in there deliberately serving beer to alcohol or I mean alcohol to underage people or anything. It's just that I'm just bringing that up in the it, to to point out that. It's not something that you typically get away with, I don't think. But this was in the thing. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. And so that makes me think of... So when I first came across this, uh, uh, Nino and I both actually had... uh, Because I was talking to him about it, and he pulled up some names... And I pulled up some names, you know, separately, and and uh, we some of these associated names uh, of of these people that were hanging out there, like these young girls and stuff. They came from pretty um, well-to-do families, <laughs> so even more to drive that point. Like, how are they getting away with this? Which makes me, and it's just speculation at this point that uh, it makes me wonder. It's like, well, like I don't know. I mean, fr- from some of what i'm what i'm gathering from some of this stuff is some of these well-to-do families are involved in some pretty um untraditional what we i think what we would call untraditional uh relationships sexual relationships right like and 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 a lot of these high high high-end uh uh people seem to be often get wrapped up in these sexual abuse scandals and rumors and 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 all that so i guess where where i'm going with it is i wonder if if some of these people's families knew exactly where they were going and because the thing is we're talking 12 13 14 year olds I, i i've definitely seen those ages listed in people um that were hanging out like and looking into some of the backgrounds i could find there we're talking young teens or whatever you know and and i i i would i would guess that some not me okay maybe some of them snuck out of their houses and and were going out for the night and their families never knew okay we could use say that argument but night after night and per, like all like numerous different kids i somebody's parents i would i would think were were aware of where they were going or what they were doing and if they were okay with that wouldn't maybe they were came from some sort of um an abusive sexually abusive type environment to begin with or at least had possible family members that were on board with that type of thing and and yeah. maybe uh some of the people involved in rounding up the the kids to come hang out you know were 
we're in some sort of uh, uh well when you talk about like progressivism that is part of it too yeah to, to get the acceptance of uh pedophilia right and there's other so that knowing that there's people that are actively trying to get this normalized right then there have to be i would think and there are networks of these people that engage in that kind of activity and and they exactly. yeah and they're that's kind of where i'm going with it i mean i, I it seems to me from you know watching i've watched up i read a bunch of stuff uh on, you know, revolving around the people hanging out at this club and the kids and, and some of the kids, you know, that grew up to be somewhat well-known, I don't know, for this or that, but enough so that I was able to find uh, some wiki, Wikipedia pages and things like that. And it's like, what, yeah, what, my, my guess is there, there, there had my, 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 assumption is there was some sort of networking or something that that this was okay you know mm-hmm. for for them to be there and then not to be ever investigated or shut down by the so-called authorities or anything like that and just openly uh yeah you look at pictures online and it's like they're standing around outside hanging out and they're like right. obviously underage and some of these yeah some of these uh yeah. Kids, oh, you know, but they like, didn't drink, so maybe that's what helped them. I have, a, I do have. Oh, it was a good one. <laughs> Let, well, if you want to, if you can talk for a minute, but like, I'll find this one quote. I have a funny quote. They weren't, they weren't drinking alcohol though. So. <laughs> so now that was a, I guess, a non-alcoholic club. Uh, oh, there was alcohol at the club, but the kids, they loved. It, it was something. I think it was Shirley Temple's. Uh, and I, I I forget who it was. Something about these kids walking around with their Shirley Temples or something like that, but like half nude. <laughs> that was yeah. the, that was the thing. It was like, huh? Okay, you know. Um, uh, let me see. Well, well, I, I'll probably find it in a minute. Do you want me? I, I can read a couple of these quotes. Okay. From some of these people. So, okay, so Lori, and I can also provide background on who is who, um, just so we know who we're talking about when I say a name. But, okay, so, uh, where is it? Hey, sorry, uh, not super prepared here. Well, anyway, Lori Lightning. Uh, her quote here, it says, I was 12 and a half when I started going to Rodney's. The first time, David Bowie said, Lori, come with us. I was terrified. I was still a virgin. Um, that was, again, Lori Lightning. I am not seeing who she was here it has like a a list of who these different contributors are in this book so that's why i thought i was going to be able to pull her tell you who it was exactly but for some reason of course i'm not (laughs) i'm not seeing it but um okay so anyway forget that um so next one uh amy freeman my friends and i were wannabe groupies back then we thought that older musicians just like to have us around today we'd probably look at them as potential child molesters and perverts 
Angela Bowie says, Rodney liked young girls, and his club was full of them. Visiting rock stars off the leash from their wives in England would go to the English disco to look for young girls under the auspices of arranging record promotion with Rodney. The the club was Rodney's storefront where he did his business. Uh, knowing Rodney or being prepared to interact with Rodney was a prerequisite to going to Rodney's English disco. Uh, Kid Congo Powers. Um, how come they let so many underage people into the English disco? I was always wondering. Very young girls and boys. You know the movie Almost Famous where they're all, where all the young girls are running around? Well, at Rodney's, there were also little boys running around. Um... Uh, okay, Toby Mamas. Uh, the revelry was nightly. Rodney's was an, was an epicenter. From the rock stars and would-be rock stars to the industry-ites the, to the teen girls and boys, it was a place to, be see, to see and be seen. It was much more exciting than Max's Kansas City in New York. Um, uh, Michael... Debari, uh, or Michael Desbares, uh, Los Angeles was the Babylon that we were looking for. We were looking for the playground, and it was here. There's a simple reason for that. The weather. You can't have girls running around with two sequins on her tits and a silver head sticker on her pussy in the tw- in 12, excuse me, in 20 below London. Um, so, <laughs> that one quote right there is is pretty revealing as to, uh, you know, what we could imagine the, you know, was going on <laughs> or whatever, like seeing, and there's other things in here too that I have, you know, I have highlighted, but of talking about young, young half naked kids and whatever, drinking Shirley temples and all that. Yeah. I was uh look, I just typed some stuff into Google and this came up and this, Happened to bring me to the uh, Pizza Gate on uh, Vote.co. Uh-huh. And it has something about this disco. It's just, I'll just read this one little paragraph. It's hard to do a summary since there's a lot in this. It has to do with pedophilia in the music industry, especially around the Sunset Strip in the 70s and 80s, and the lack of action by authorities to prevent it and the media to expose it. A lot of details involved, but I hope you get around that, blah, blah, blah. So... Yeah, I think that's a takeaway from that is that, you know, here you have this illegal activity that's sort of openly going on. I mean, there's not, I mean, this is not something that's done at somebody's house or at a private place. It's it's at a, it's a, it's a publicly accessible club right out in the open on the Sunset Strip where they're doing this stuff. And that's, and that to me is amazing. Like, so obviously there is a, uh, a sort of hedge of protection around these individuals to allow them to get away with what would be ordinarily in any other context, uh, serious crimes. Right. And so, yeah, these, these are, these are, um, people that are connected somehow. I mean, I understand that there's rock stars involved, but I mean, you hear about them all the time getting busted for drugs at airports and stuff like that. So it's not, it's not, they're not typically known as being above the law, are they? 
No, I, yeah, I don't think so. I, yeah, I mean, obvious. Yeah, the, the, it seems it seems like there had to be some head turning going on uh, with with this scene. You know, well, well, maybe they are above the law on those stories that come up from time to time about. Or you don't you don't hear much anymore, but like oh um, you know Keith Richards getting busted for heroin going through the airport. Maybe that's just publicity stunt bullshit, you know. Right. Well, that yeah yeah I, I, I suppose it could be and yeah I mean do they when that stuff does happen like do they do they really get busted busted? It's not like are you really gonna hear of Keith Richards going and having to to. Doing a couple of years in prison for yeah, <laughs> no, like no, third world happen. country. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah. You know, so it's right. like, no. Yeah, I don't know. That's Rod- Rodney Bingham guy. I guess he's above the law too. But uh, so yeah, yeah. and I, I guess I should also say, like, so as far as he goes, like for anyone who who doesn't know, uh, so R- Rodney, he was he then after after this club went away and everything, within a year, um, he 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 started up. Or he 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 was he he started up a a very popular um, radio show that is still going to this day, as far as I understand, uh, on K Rock in L A. And it it was a Sunday night show playing punk music, and I, I've have a, a lot of I've heard, I've gotten a lot of quotes from different uh, punk guys and and whatever from bands that say that this was their introduction to punk was Rodney Bingenheimer's sunday night show so you know direct connection and 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 on that note he you know this is this was literally like one of the only people playing punk on the radio especially in that time at that time i should say yeah um (laughs) yeah i have it's funny I say that because, um, so real quick, so I just don't happen to flip the page and here we are. After the English disco closed, there was a year where I didn't do anything. This is Rodney Bingenheimer, by the way. Uh, Gary uh, Bocasta at K-Rock knew what I had been doing, excuse me, what had been going on at the club uh, in 1976. He or somebody at the station had the idea to put me on the radio. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so somebody somebody knew what was going on at that club and uh had the idea to to put him on the radio so i guess that happened to prove my point right there <laughs> yeah uh, i had another actually here's an i had another one um that i came that was i was gonna say uh let me find it Oh, this is a good one. Where the heck did it go now? Now I'm saying it's a good one. I might be overselling it, but... Uh, oh, okay, here it is. All right, so... This is that, I, I read a quote from this guy a minute ago, Michael Desbure. Um Abusing groupies and the room service guy was not my thing. Unfortunately, 
For some bands, the rock and roll wild nights at the Hyatt consisted of beating and sodomizing some poor infatuated mid-teen girl with an absent father complex or throwing the room service guy out the window. Uh, but, yeah, got a quote right there. Beating and sodomizing some poor infatuated mid-teen girl. Who was saying this? Th- this was Michael... Des Bray and I will I'm pretty sure I have him in the back of the book here he is you gotta be kidding me where is that <sighs> Perez are you kidding me <laughs> well that's yeah it's alright that's two. <laughs> oh, here he is okay he was former lead singer of Silverhead, and he's an actor. Hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah. Uh, but that's who, that was who who said that. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of the idea of the stuff that's going on there. Yeah. Um. Right. That's a good question. Where are all these kids come from? They they didn't yeah. all sneak out of the house without their parents' knowledge and. And all just gravitate towards this place. Why gravitate towards this place? I mean, why? You know, exactly. How does that end up happening? That's that's a really good question. And then, yeah, at the same time, the uh, so-called authorities don't do anything about it. Yeah. So that's really, uh, yeah, interesting setup there. Yeah, here, here's another quote from Rodney Bingenheimer. Um, Toward the end of the English disco, some of the kids who would go on to become the punks started coming around. Uh, I don't know if that was supposed to be... Well, yeah, no. So some of the kids who... So he's saying some of the kids that hung out there, uh, I guess, went on to become the punks. You know what I mean? Okay. I guess that's essentially what he's saying. That's kind of interesting. Um... Yeah, I wish I was prepared better. I would have, like... I mean, I have hi- all kinds of stuff highlighted. That's why it's kind of like I'm just trying to jump around and find some of these, uh, you know, quotes. Oh, yeah, there was something with Iggy. Oh, yeah, wait, okay. Uh, yeah, no, there was uh, another girl who... She was... Girl... She was young, and one of the guys from um, <clears throat> from uh, the Doll, New York Dolls, he like he, uh, he she became his his girlfriend or whatever, and she was she was pretty young. Was it Sa- I think it might have been Sable Star. Yeah, it was Sable Star, um, and. And okay, so then that's right. Iggy Iggy Pop had a, a lyric talking about having sex with her when she was, and I, you can figure it out that it was definitely when she was a kid, like when she was about, I think she was like sixteen or something like that. Um, I, I, I definitely. He even had a song. Yeah, he had a song that he mentioned that. Um, let me see if I pull that up real quick. 
Is there a documentary uh, about this Rodney Binghamheimer guy? Yeah. He's known as, I guess he's known as the mayor, the mayor. of Central yeah. Strip. Huh? Oh, <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. I watched it. I took a bunch of notes. There's a, there, if, uh, yeah, anybody who's interested, check out that documentary. You'll see all kinds of stuff. Like, you see Mackenzie Phillips, like, talking about hanging out there when she was a kid. She just, she, I mean, she, she looked really young. Um, and she, she, she wasn't, she wasn't too, um, she, she, it, it was pretty obvious. Uh, there was definitely sexual activity going on, even out of her own mouth and, and other. I mean, it, it's very obvious, even if they don't come out flat and say it, like, which I think so, a lot of these quotes is, that's essentially what they are saying. But, um, anyone with a reasonable mind should be able to watch that documentary and, 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 and conclude that, yeah, there was, there was some weird, child sex stuff going on at this place. <laughs> Iggy Pop. And that guy's still going, man. Iggy Pop. Yeah. He's is he still... still uh, no, he's not still touring, is he? Yeah, he's playing uh, He's playing in May in, in Vegas at Punk Rock Bowling. Really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know if I don't know if he's touring or just doing kind of select stuff, you know, sort of select gigs and whatever. But yeah, he's still going. What is he like? I think he's like eighty six or eighty seven years old right now, or something like that. Oh, is he that old? I didn't even know. <laughs> I don't know. No, okay. I don't think he's that old. <laughs> I didn't know. That would be I don't funny. Know. But yeah, and there's all kinds of stuff in this book about him. Like, I mean, he's just like a total nihilistic, like abusive junkie to everybody <laughs> um yeah you're talking about the uh, iggy pop guy what's his real yeah. name uh schmedley something i don't know hey, what is some kind of uh iggy pop jewish name is it real name it is james newell osterberg Osterberg. Yeah. Um. Crap. You know, and I remember even talking about this with Mason. Like this song, I I know this song exists. I just can't remember what the heck it was called or whatever. I what the lyric was, but it was like in a verse. He says that he had sex with her, and it was like you do the math. She was like, she was definitely underage. Um. I guess Mackenzie Phillips uh, was molested by her father, she says. Dude, she had, like, a consensual sexual relationship with her father, apparently. What? Ugh. Wow. Yeah, like, she went on Oprah, and, uh, and, yeah, it was like, that was, yeah, it was a big come out thing, which makes you wonder, was that true? I don't know, but, um... Well, I mean, like we were just we were just uh, thinking about like how where'd all these kids come from? Maybe like they're from these uh, yeah. these type of families that yeah. are into this stuff, and yeah, then exactly. like yeah, they're well, already having sex with their dad. So yeah, go out to the club, and that's just yeah. yeah I mean, if, but. If, if your dad's in the mamas and the papas, which so your dad was hanging out with Rodney Bingenheimer. Doing the mamas and papas, then Rodney Bingenheimer ends up opening up this club, and then you're Mackenzie Phillips, 
you're his daughter and you're going hanging out at this club talking like in the documentary she demonstrates like some talking about dancing in front of the mirror like and she like saying how they i don't know they would be all sexy and she like sticks her tongue out like and like shakes her tongue around and stuff and implying like that was what they would do or whatever and and she was definitely a kid it's like and then she comes out years later to admit that she has this sexual consensual sexual relationship with her father it's like yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. some good uh coincidences i guess (laughs) well yeah i mean that's uh that answer that i'm sure that answers the question where all these underage kids come from for this club yeah like if you were to go look at their background they probably have the very similar thing going on as uh mackenzie phillips there like they're probably people like in the in rock industry maybe on the periphery of it or 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 they're kids of the rock stars too maybe i don't know but like it you know it uh probably that's probably a good good answer to that question yeah 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 it's i mean it just it doesn't uh, you know i it's been a while since i really looked at this stuff and then but i can't i know i i pulled up some of these names of these kids that um were were hanging out there and for sure i think nito pulled one up uh, that was like like uh a daughter of a high-ranking military guy for one um and yeah some other stuff like that so it's like it's just i guess it's just again it's always the same types of parallels right you know like it's like what's up with that you ever heard of uh, Courtney Stodden? Not ringing a bell. I think I think that's her name. Um, so she is like sixteen, and she's married to like this dude that's in his fifties. And that, and then she uh, does herself up like you know, uh, kind of like a uh, really, really done up and fake boobs and all that the mm-hmm. and then so that she was in the she would be on the uh celebrity circuit i guess kind of like a kim kardashian you know that type of thing right. where it's like yeah, there's yeah. no reason for them to even be known yet they're all on these uh shows and all this stuff or right uh, these tabloids are talking about them a lot of that. but i i was like I heard about that. And I was like, "What? What the hell's going on there?" Like sixteen and underage. How could, how could possibly be married to a dude that age? And and apparently, age of consent is is if you, if your parents sign sign you over to to somebody, then it's then it's uh, permissible by law. Huh? And I was like, "That's freaking crazy." I didn't know that. And then. Uh, so maybe like this whole situation we're talking about this club is like technically legal. I don't know. Yeah, you sign great. the kids over to like to to do that kind of thing. Like, as, oh, you got parents' permission, so yeah, I can be at this club hanging out with these old pervs. Yeah, it's just uh, maybe, maybe that's the case. I don't know. I mean, the the law is pretty bizarre. Yeah. It is. It's like you think about it. It's like, man, yeah, it's like written to favor these types, and then like the average person wouldn't even think that way. You know what I mean? But yeah. Well, I mean, well, it would be nice to think that 
the the people involved <laughs> would know better. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I think of myself being uh, 14 or whatever years old. I don't – and actually, that's a good point. So when I was 14, 15, that's when I started going to punk shows. Oh, really? I, yeah, and I wouldn't <laughs> – I don't think I would have been too comfortable going to the after party, uh, walking around like half naked with a freaking Shirley Temple. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, what's up with the kids' minds that they were wanting to do that in the first place? And then – of course, that just it says it all about the people that the the the, the adults, quote unquote, or whatever the, the 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 rock stars hanging out that that are you know trying to do this. I guess then the the question I think gets raised is like, well, not that it matters, but like, what is their motivation? Is it is it are they just is it as simple as they're just pervs or whatever? Or, um, fun or is there something more to it i don't know you know like you hear some of the stuff like with some of the things that these guys are into and as far as their (laughs) i don't know religious beliefs or whatever (laughs) like i don't know is there is there something that uh you know that they think they're doing something on an even higher level than just being pervs you know what i mean like what i'm getting at cultic i guess yeah. yeah Yeah, I could well be. Yeah, it's like listen to some of this music too. You know, listen to the lyrics. He talks about that kind of stuff. By the way, um, I found the song finally <laughs> that I was talking about. This is this Iggy Pop song. It's called "Look Away." Okay, uh-huh. so here's here's the verse. It says, "I slept with Sable when I slept with Sable when she was thirteen. Her parents were too rich to do anything. She rocked her way around." la till a new york doll carried her away and then yeah that's when she went and was with johnny thunders or whatever and apparently that was a pretty abusive relationship and apparently she went from being this um this is just going off memory right now but she went from being this pretty big socially light uh young girl in la and went went off with johnny thunders who like was pretty abusive to her and just like kind of locked her in the room type weird stuff and and uh she can't i I, and from quotes i i I read of other people like she was she wasn't really the same after like after she came back and everything it was like kind of damaged her i guess for for after that but but yeah i mean this so this so this is a song right here iggy pop is admitting it right here that he slept with this girl when she was 13 and her parents were too rich to do anything which whatever the hell that means yeah <laughs> you know? that makes Your some sense mine but uh wow well i guess it's like a eyes wide shut type thing or right. it's like you go to the, the the really top elite circles or you know the ultra rich yeah. people and they're into all that kind of stuff and yeah well that's I, maybe that's what it's referring to it I don't just know. seems like another uh easy conclusion to draw toward that right right like i mean it just seems at one point does it stop being coincidence right yeah yeah it keeps keeps coming up over and over so um yeah i don't know i i have i could keep going with some quotes from this book um i still have quite a few 
Um, uh, he, so, so, the, oh, yeah, okay, so, um, Danny Sugarman, that, now this, this is another parallel we have with punk and whatever, so this guy was, um, he worked for the Doors, he started working for the Doors, I think when he was a teen, and, and then, um, he, uh, went on to manage Iggy Pop. Um, okay, so let me just, I'll just read his excerpt here. It says, Iggy wanted me to call every writer in L.A. and tell them he was going to kill himself on stage that night. I didn't want to make that call, but I did, to my eternal regret. It was a mess. No staging, no rehearsal. The piece was called Murder of a Virgin. I drove him to the ocean afterward where he washed off his wounds in the moonlight. And apparently, yeah, he, he, it, I don't know, it was, it was a pretty bloody mess. Like, I guess he was slashing himself up or, or whatever. I guess he was kind of known for that. But apparently this was like a pretty well-known, um, or whatever. Like, this one sort of went down in history, I guess, or whatever in this book anyway <laughs> but not that that really has to do what we were just talking about but i guess just an example of iggy's uh nihilistic uh sort of so wait a minute danny sugarman is married to fawn hall from uh oliver north deal yes that's right yeah i forgot about that yep wow yeah, Oliver North, actor. Just posted up an article about him. He's an actor and a been in a lot of different stuff. That's interesting. And then you got the and that was the theater, the political theater. I remember in the uh, I think it was the late eighties, Iran Contra scandal. Yeah. It was like nineteen eighty seven. I think like yeah, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's all it's all theater. It's all these actors and people and this stuff. And then they're in yeah, married into these people that hang out with these rockers and stuff interesting yeah yeah definitely oh um you know i didn't i haven't said his name yet and i really should kim fowley um he's he was like pretty tight buds i guess with uh rodney bingenheimer and Kim Fowley was the manager or creator of the Runaways, and um, he was uh, he was another one of these guys that sort of bridged the 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 old scene to the new scene or whatever, like the punk stuff. Um, and he's a uh, <laughs> that guy, man. Like he, he there's there's rape allegations that uh, which I I, I kind of believe uh, I, I he never admitted to, but. Uh, it seems, I think it probably happened, uh, that he raped, um, I believe it was, was it, I forget which member of the Runaways in front of like a bunch of people and everybody kind of just turned their, turned away and walked away and whatever, but. Wow, so really? Yeah. Um, was this at a club or something? No, it was in a hotel room, like oh. after a show or after a recording or something like that. And. Yeah, this guy is like sick guy. Actually, Mason just sent me. <laughs> he sent me um, a, 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 an article uh, the other day about Kim Fowley, 
and we've talked about him and I have talked about Kim Fowley a few times here, but he sent me an article that uh, in preparation for his death, he he wanted his um he wanted he was going to donate his body to um I'm pulling it up right now uh just wanted to make the right name when I say it here but he wanted to donate his body to Girls and Corpses magazine which <laughs> and he he, yeah, so let me read some of this here. This is pretty disturbing stuff. According to emails, Kim sent the publisher a photo, t- a photo, fo- I don't know, a photo, uh, and his then girlfriend, the singer songwriter, wanted a full spread featuring a group of fetish models violating his corpse. Kim said Snow, his girlfriend, and her fetish friends could mutilate the body, providing real blood and guts, and set my bones and blood on fire. He also said he would fund the whole thing. The publisher passed on the really gory stuff, but agreed to shoot his dead body with the girls on top for the cover. <laughs> like, wow. It's like, that's like pretty beyond, uh, just your mid-level deranged stuff i mean you know like the rock stuff tends to have um i think sort of tends to have this sort of you know bigger than life sort of death um thing like in the background you know I, I don't know what how how to put it into words but you know the skull and bones and just the sort of that sort of um, like a death culture, it's all about yeah. you know, skulls and right and, and death and death themes and. But I mean, if yeah. this doesn't bring that to a whole different level, <laughs> you know, I mean, right. that's just totally sick, man. Like, what? I, I couldn't believe it. Like, it, it was just like, who who would want who would want that for themselves too? I mean, okay, you're dead, you're gone. What is the difference to you as far as not gonna? You're not going to feel it or whatever, but why would you want to, what, just what kind of sick person would want to do that? Would, would want that to be done to them and then have, have, and then, you know, be featured in a magazine. It's just, it's just hurts my head yeah. to think about. Honestly. Uh, it's, it's hardcore. It's a really, yeah, it's really vile. Yeah. It just, you know, there's a. Well, and, yeah, it's always like, about pushing the envelope and doing things more extreme. And then, uh, yeah, you have to go further and further. And then, yeah, you end up with stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know if you happen to pull this Girls and Corpses magazine up and whatever, but you just look at some of I think it came up on one of the calls. Because I, I, when you said it, I was like, oh, I just I remembered that. And I, I, and I uh, where did I hear about this? Um. Yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. know if I even want... I don't want to pull it up. I don't want yeah, to look at yeah. it. it it's bizarre, man. Like, putting, like, pretty girls with n- nasty, freaky, dead bodies that are just... Whether it's fake or real, it's just gory, nasty, graphic. Uh, I I just don't get it. Who the heck is is getting this magazine? You know what I mean? Like, what what is up? crazy 
Oh yeah, who reads this? I mean, who looks at this? Like, like wants to sub- subscribe to that? That's uh, yeah. Wow. Like, I don't know, man. You can put them on a watch list. If anybody's going to go on a watch list, <laughs> it's like yeah, they like the watch list, you know. Yeah. You can for that, but, uh, but there's none for that. You know, you, that that can go on, and yeah, nobody bats an eye at it, and it's just <laughs> total. Yeah. So. Yeah, Pizzagate. I, it's like when I heard about that, I was like, "Oh, yeah, probably." I mean, yeah. And you look at some of that stuff, and it's like the now just the stuff that they had on the Instagram page and stuff like that. The rep, the kind of rep, uh, the stuff they're saying, the references they're making and stuff like that. It's like, yeah, these are obviously some sickos. It's yeah. like, what, what do you? What more do you need? Like, who talks like that? Who says stuff like that? And then who's so intimately familiar with all that pedo language, except for their pedos? It's like yeah. obvious. It's like, come on, and then I got the dang logo with the pedo symbol. It's like, I mean, what more do you need? But apparently, it's okay, and uh, for the for the for it to go on, and then you know that you know I, I, I said it from the beginning. I said, that, yeah, the, the the you don't think the FBI and the CIA the people that all of them know about it. That's why they got. That's why they turned people's attention to it. They knew all about it. Knew knew all the. The, the CIA that put the WikiLeaks stuff out, and then they turned people's attention to that. And it was all done intentional. But it's like, that doesn't mean it's not real. That is totally staged and hoaxing, because that, cause that, that stuff goes on, man. That's like what, that's what you're talking about when you're talking about the uh, the elite, the people in those circles. Right. And yeah, they're all into that. And then, yeah, nothing is going to be done about it, period. That's, yeah. that's just as it. And that's... You know, well, I think that's why you have government, really. I mean, I think that's, I mean, the way it's set up now, it's like, uh, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, nothing's going to be done about it. There's like people, uh, can, I guess now it's, you can know about it and they want people to know about it, but, and also to know too that nothing's going to be done about it. You know, we're just talking about another example right here. I mean, it's, it's like this Binghamheimer club. It's kind of yeah. right out in the open, and it's like, wow, just the most incredible stuff right there. It's like that that should, for all intents and purposes, be be shut down, and people be thrown in prison. Like, yeah, get out of here with this. This is this is not acceptable. But it, yeah. it just goes on, and then uh, yeah. The, <laughs> but your buddy's club gets shut down. <laughs> oh yeah, he got shut down quick. And I I don't know. I think the you might have served somebody that was kind of like looked like it wasn't it definitely wasn't no kid it was like yeah. somebody was like you know maybe could have been uh look older maybe like that and it was a setup I'm pretty sure it was a setup deal with the cops doing it like you oh, know yeah. they send somebody uh-huh. in it's like oh let's see if you get sir see if they card you and if they don't card you it doesn't oh. matter if I get your 18 or not or something like that something I ridiculous yeah, yeah, and they yeah. Shut your yeah ass that's down. true I guess right that the, that that's the law that they have to card you if you're under like like under 40 or something like that which is doesn't even make sense because it's like well how are they going to know but uh I, yeah, yeah and if you don't card them and they send somebody in like that they'll they'll shut you down it. yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like oh you're certain you know it's like <clears throat> yeah it, it, at the same time you got pedo club in full effect yeah. you know it's like next door i guess and you can have that and then they'll yeah. shut you down i guess to make well i uh, yeah it's yeah. ridiculous but I was talking to a friend yesterday, actually, about about that. Like he's, uh, he's, he. We're on different pages as far as uh, <laughs> conspiracy goes, or whatever you know, conspiratorial view of uh, the world and stuff goes. But he, he, yeah, he. 
we were talking about Pizzagate, and you know, he he thinks that he he's he buys into it. He thinks like that it was a real bust and a real leak, and and uh, he he think he's a Trump guy. He he's on the Trump bandwagon, and he mm-hmm. thinks he he's saying he was telling me yesterday. Watch, man! In a few weeks, I think people people are going down for that. People, they're they're, they're going to start making arrests and and all. And you know, it's all under this idea that it, it, yeah, tr- you know, it's because Trump is like gonna he's he's cracking down, <laughs> cracking down on <laughs> yeah. on it and, and all. And I was, you know, I was obviously, you know, he, he, I don't even have to say that. Yeah, I don't agree, but you know, we we talked about it a little and you know whatever. It's like. I, I don't know, man. I'm not holding my breath for that. But yeah, didn't Trump? He was uh, talking about Jeff Jeffrey Epstein, the guy, the the Pedo Island guy. Yeah, some yeah, something. Like, I guess. Oh that yeah, I like uh, Jeffrey. He's a great guy. Yeah, I know he likes his women a bit on the young side, and da da da. You know, like yeah, that's what he said about that. Yeah, he says no some interesting I'm things about Soros too, like. Uh, yeah, they need to back off Soros, and that was during the Tea Party rallies and stuff. And then I guess Trump made made an appearance back then. You know, been, it's been years ago, but he's like talking, talking about, oh yeah, people need to quit talking about Soros. Leave the guy alone. He's a good guy. He's a <laughs> tremendous, oh, yeah. tremendous guy, or however he talks. It's just, yeah, I mean, come on. It's funny because the guy's a total. Some, yeah, you know, total I mean, he, he he put on this whole man. show for all this time, and people lapped it up and everything, and now. Now the same people that I know were were didn't even know anything about Soros. Honestly, like it, it, these people that oh George Soros and it's like you don't what do you even know about George Soros? I mean I, I'm with you. Like sure George Soros not a good guy, but do you even have a a, a, a handful of reasons at all? Or like a couple of reasons you could give me? And of course not. But but now those same people that were you know buying trump's uh whatever trump was selling throughout the 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 whole election race and all uh now they'll they'll white anything like that they'll 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 excuse it it's like oh well you know blah blah like find some way to excuse it or whatever and and say that it's oh well it's not give them a chance give them a chance (laughs) you know this kind of stuff yeah and then you'll hear too it's like well, the president doesn't have any prosecution powers. That's that's up to the attorney general. It's like, yeah, okay. But I mean, he can appoint. Time, he gets to appoint the attorney general. Is, like, is I don't know. The leader of the country, and and he has all this power and, and everything, right? Like, but yeah, yeah. What was all the fuss about then? <laughs> like, yeah, he doesn't exactly. have any actual power to do anything. What are you kidding me? It's like, gosh, I don't know. I thought he did. I thought that was the point. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's everything is double speak though. Yeah, you know, it's like yeah, you can go back and listen to Trump's early stuff when he's like completely the opposite side. Like he sounds like a total died in the wool liberal, and he dem- he donated the Democrat Party for years. Oh yeah, and then oh, now and he's <laughs> there's those videos. I don't know if it was you or if I found it somewhere else or something, but I remember several months back like seeing these video clips of um, him, you know, in support of Hillary Clinton and you know, back in the nineties and saying how she'd be a great president and all this stuff. And, and just, yeah. And clips of, of his, his, uh, his, uh, um, what do you call it? His back and forth. Yeah. Thing, yeah. The waffling or whatever. But yeah, you hear him recently say Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton are good people. I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. go after them. And it's like, well, I mean, okay, there's your, <laughs> 
case study for how he, you know, he's a law and order president, and which I believe when he says law and order president, I believe him, like, like cracking down on, like, uh, you know, average, like us. Like, yeah, a law and order for us, you know. Right. Black, you know, inner city people, black, stuff like that. Yeah, crack, crack down, crack heads. You know, they do a bunch of people, uh, the protesters, and are facing federal prison charter. Yeah, law and order. But, like, for Hillary Clinton, no, 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 no. Not, not, no. Uh-uh. And for the uh, elite pedophiles in Washington, no, sir, no. Not law for them, no. Because it doesn't apply to them. People got to figure that out. People got to get that through their heads. Right. We're talking about this, like, Rodney Bingham guy. He's obviously connected in there somewhere to where he's he's at the level with the God people, where it's, obviously the law doesn't apply to that guy. He's, like, well, flagrantly shoot, violating the law. He was providing the, 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 the candy store for him, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just like Jimmy Salville, you know, you read about him. And how long did he go on doing that for uh, years and years and years? And then, like, he dies, and then all of a sudden that the, the BBC decides to report on all the all the girls he raped and right. all that kids right. he raped and, and all the, you know, all that, all that stuff. And then, yeah, it could, it could come out after his death. And it's like, well, yeah, this, that's, that's the way uh, our current system is, you know. You, these people are not held accountable and they won't be either <laughs> yeah it's just i mean you have to like uh accept that as the part of government you know to argue against government and it's like well who's gonna build the roads it's like well the roads are paved with uh dead kids that's that's what it costs for these creeps <laughs> yeah. to stay in there and it's never yeah. going to change until the you know, this this system runs into a brick wall or whatever happens you know but uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 I was going to say, like, it's, uh, it's funny cause you're talking about the whole thing with, oh yeah, Hillary and Bill, they're good people, blah, blah, blah. Well, there were people literally right before the election that were, you know, were all, all up in arms of, well, I, I'm thinking of one guy in particular who's a Trump guy and, and he was, he he was certain that yeah Trump's putting her in jail after so then a few <laughs> days later after I was like so you still think that uh, Hillary's gonna be, be seen any time or anything and 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 then he's like I think this this was shortly after where it was like the I don't know if Trump said something or but I was I was hearing on like news talk radio or whatever they're talking about how uh, Trump is is now kind of going back on on the hillary thing like that that's probably not gonna happen or whatever and i brought that so i brought it up to this guy and he was he was just like i said you know he was kind of excusing it like well you know his hands are kind of tied what can he do (laughs) and and everything but it was like dude like two weeks ago you you were sure that that your man trump was gonna uh, you know he he day one that was what he said day one she she was getting locked up (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah yeah day one it'll get yeah yeah sure i mean yeah come on i mean uh and day one the wall was gonna start building uh, i think they were gonna start start construction on the wall down south oh you mean it's not done yet i, I haven't been following it <laughs> they haven't started yeah, on it I, yet. I, I, I think, think it. they're 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 digging out the footings and and everything they're getting oh, they're yeah, getting yeah. there getting getting they got to get materials and everything down there first you know so. level Can't. the ground and all that right yeah <laughs> Uh yeah, it's gonna take 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 a bit, but 
Sure, I'm sure they started on it. I'm sure they did. He promised. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like it's almost like if if somebody says something as a presidential candidate, it's it's almost like a a, a surefire thing that it's not going to happen. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Guaranteed. Yeah, but I do think we'll probably get in a, a war here soon. I, I think that yeah. he'll follow oh, through yeah. with that. Yeah, like all his uh, his saber rattling and all that. I think he he's. Uh, yeah, he represents that, which they both did, right? Both the candidates did, and then sure, yeah. And you know how I was looking up the official stats on how much the Iraq war cost, and mm-hmm. they said, you know, with interest and everything said and done, you give us some kind of conservative estimate, like four four trillion or something like that. I was like, <laughs> wow. wow, yeah, just yeah, four trillion, just yeah, that's worth it. Yeah, sure, jeez. Yeah, let's get in another war too. That's that's a great idea. It's like, uh, wow, yeah. Just makes your just head spin. Like I wonder. Way. I mean, I wonder if that's true too. I mean, I wonder what that means exactly. Like, is that just like I wonder where that number comes from? I mean, it could be true. I I don't know. I'm not saying it's not. Yeah. I mean, they they did have uh, whether any of it's true, I don't know. But bringing in C-130s with the pallet loads of cash they yeah saw that i mean i don't know if that amounted to that, that much part? you know maybe a couple <laughs> a few hundred billion or something i don't know maybe they did it without with which is nothing i guess in in relation to all that but yeah i don't know who knows yeah but, uh yo, i'm sure it cost i'm sure, I'm sure it, it cost a lot cost a lot of money no doubt uh, i'm certain of that uh but yeah wonder, but when like, you get up to like trillions of dollars yeah. it's almost like meaningless what does yeah. it even mean yeah i know yeah, it's like, what does that even mean? Yeah, it's kind of and beyond what, ridiculous at that point. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's let's start another one. I mean, well, well, yeah. Why not? Like, uh, we're we're broke. We're perpetually broke, but we always got loot for, for war. Yeah, yeah. 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 Which, yeah, it doesn't really seem to doesn't really make any sense. But, but yeah, we were talking about um, Rollins' interview on Rogan. Yeah. And he was talking about how Trump is a uh, like a like a springboard or a push right. to to push against. Like he he said, like yeah, punk rock. It needs that. It needs right. that something to push off against. And he said Trump is is going to be you know great for this. You know we can get our yeah we can get we can saddle up. And now it's yep. time for punk. Yeah, it's like well that's what I said when yeah. I talked about it, like a while back. And it's like right. yeah, this is what this is about. I said. You know, high and size, twenty twenty. And so, like, you look at back on it, it's like, oh, of course, you know, it's like the Taylor Clinton needed to lose because that's the social justice warriors. Like, they're they're the they're the perpetual, you know, victim class and stuff like that. And it's like, yeah, it's perfect that they lose. Like, that's where they want to. That's also where they want to be too. They they're like they're energized by this uh, this this uh, boogeyman now, and it's like they they got they're like a reason to live. Like they, they're really really pumped and and excited and and like just shrill and crazy. It's like yeah, this is perfect for the left. It's like perfect, and it's like Rollins saying the same thing. It's like yeah, we're saddle up, time to ride, boys. He's like an old man now still, but he's like the Trump's got him all fired up. It's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, it is. I got so. I got another quote here on the same on the same um, idea of, of topic here. Um, so it's okay. So uh, on on Sirius XM, um, 
there's a, a station called Faction, which is pretty much it's it seems like it's 80 percent at least punk uh which is interesting because you know that if 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 punk has its own station on satellite radio that is most of the day playing punk uh that that, (laughs) i don't know how how uh non-mainstream punk can really be argued (laughs) but anyway so marky ramon has a show on there called the Punk Rock Blitzkrieg, which is like an entirely punk show. And I was listening to it the other day. Uh, it was Saturday's show. And and he says, there, uh, it, right before he played a song by um, uh, H2O, which is a pretty well-known band, uh, they have like some a, new, a newer album out. And the song was called... Um, uh, I think it was something about, I think it was like something raise your voice or use your voice or something like that. So, um, he says before that he, he, he goes, all you punk rockers have to use your voices and write songs about what's going on right now. It's like, so <laughs> <laughs> it just, it was another, you know, sort of, uh, you know, uh, example to add to what we keep saying here that th- this is a repeat and, and, and that Trump is the new Reagan and all. I mean, it was like, it's just a, I thought it was just another funny quote, like to, to back up that point. But yeah, right now you gotta, you, all you punk rockers gotta use your, your voices, right? And write songs about what's going on right now. Then it was obvious what he was talking about. He's talking about Trump. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and this was this this is a repeat of of Reagan, which uh, now on the site uh, four, four horses asses of the Apo- of the mm-hmm. apocalypse. Y'all yeah. got some interesting stuff about that. Yeah, I want to plug that, and uh, I need to post that article that I just read uh, about the uh, what, what what are they called the church of subgenius and the devo and and oh, yeah, uh, devolution and, and yeah. the uh oh the 9-11 oh yeah wedding yeah. and that mm-hmm. craziness and then they come yeah, out with a game really and uh and some kind of crazy ass film with uh, predictive programming a 9-11 in it like yeah uh, 19 what what was it 19 was it 1999 or is it like uh the year? it was i think it was supposed to take place in 99 but it was the early 90s Oh, the early '90s. Done. Okay, yeah, that was actually put together. But it, yeah, it depicts. Uh, well, actually, to be specific, it's like the space shuttle and a jumbo jet crashing into buildings. Right. But uh, still, I mean, it's like yeah. And what is what was the commentary in there that if it would have happened, if they would have put it out post 9/11, that would have been called. Uh, the title of it was "Dueling Firemen," I guess. Right, right? and then. It should have been. It would have been called dueling first responders. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, yeah. It's, that's pretty. Wa- Tim, that's pretty. Leary was in it, like. Oh right, yeah, Timothy in, Leary in, and, in it in in the video or whatever. And, uh, yeah, uh, that was definitely. Did you did you see then um, the guy from Devo his wedding photos? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I think we've talked about that before. Okay. Uh, I made I actually made a post of that um, maybe a couple of years ago. I think. All right. And uh, yeah, but that's 
Yeah, nine eleven wedding, and they passed out box cutters at the ceremony, yeah. and with engraved engraved box cutters, and then they had their head their their faces on the like a twin tower cake. Yeah, uh, all this other crazy twin tower cake. Yeah, crap. Yeah, it was like nine eleven. So, so I wedding. mean, with with that, it's like, well, we can laugh at it because we think that's all a bunch of baloney, anyhow. But so then, what do we conclude? Did does does this dude is he in on it? Does he know that that it's it's just a bunch of baloney, uh, or does he really buy into it? And um, which is what the average person looking at that should conclude that is he believes the official story as they probably do, and uh, or at the very least that all these people died and everything. So wouldn't that be like? The epitome of tasteless <laughs> to 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 have your your wedding uh, with this type of a theme when you when you think or most people think that th- this represents like uh, a pretty horrific uh, murderous day. <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah, pretty but, over the top, I would think. But um, and what kind of point yeah. could you possibly be even trying to say you're making? I mean, it's obviously it's just. It's just to be ironic or funny or whatever, but well, I when mean, you think about it, nine eleven was pretty ludicrous, man. I mean, sure. the whole thing. It's like, oh, yeah, I, yeah. do you think there's that many people that are not in the know at, at a certain level? I think there's a lot of people that are in the know. Yeah, I know. I get yeah, that no, sense. I'm sure yeah. There is. I don't. Is he, so. So would you guess that he's one of them? I'm guessing that maybe he is. That that seeing that that stuff would make me think maybe he is. Because I think that there is a lot, you know, especially people that have been in the industry and stuff like that. And, you know, they talk among themselves yeah. and they hear shit. And it's like, you know, this is all like a lot of industry people who are directly involved with putting that production together, you know, 9-11. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's a guy that did, well, he, he, he had so-called amateur footage of the day. And then there was a call that Jeff Hill... I don't know about that guy anymore. He he did a complete 180 and but but anyway, it was an interesting call. Uh Devin Clark, I think the guy's name was, was like a a like a graphics guy that worked for, you know, putting together in in like cartoons and film and he did his own animated stuff and all that and I think mm-hmm. he's uh somehow worked with Seth MacFarlane and different people and like yeah, he's and then he's the guy that comes up with the uh, amateur footage, right? Right. Of like he's saying that he shot it out of his apartment and, and you know downtown Manhattan and it, 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 you know so uh, wait where, where's I going with that oh yeah so so the yeah word word is around and it gets around especially in the entertainment industry music industry and stuff like that so so at the point especially you know five ten years later that like a lot of people were in the know a lot of people are in the know yeah I, I'm yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that that's the case. Right. And yeah, there's so I, much I shit, too, that, like, it's like nuke bombs. There's so many people that are in the know on that. Like that Ed, Edwin Corley guy that wrote that book, The Jesus Factor, he was like, he was in the know and then puts out a fictional, uh, fictional book about it. And then, you know, like, people read it. And he was, like, you know, t- stationed in Tanayan Island and all that and uh, dur- during uh, World War II. And, like, he, he knew. And then he read, but then he writes this book, like a fictional book, like, oh, what if nukes are fake? And it's like, yeah, he knew, and a bunch of other people knew. And his son knew, too, like John uh, 
contacted him and he's like, "Oh hell no, I'm not going to talk about that." It's like, <laughs> yeah, he probably knows. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, you just don't talk about it though. Right. Well, well, let me ask you this then. So do you? So okay, let's say this guy from Devo, he he he's aware, he knows. Um, fine, but then, and then, I I mean, it's easier to say then. Okay, you're not just a complete um, uh, classless prick, like basically making a, a, a funny wedding theme on on the idea that a bunch of people died or whatever. So yeah, I'm not but, rolling that out. I mean, it could be the case. But. Oh yeah, no. I, well, he. I mean, clearly he's doing that, assuming he does know. Uh, but then, isn't he supposed to still kind of keep up the 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 idea that it was real? And then, wouldn't doing something like that? Um, I don't know. It's just weird because if you're, it, it's a it's a weird thing because you're 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 trying to present this idea like. Um, it was real or whatever that's the official thing like anybody who wants to be in good standing in 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 the public arena is supposed to agree that yeah it's, it was real people died all that um but then you'd do something like that which is pretty classless to i think i would imagine a lot of people that see that are gonna think it's classless so um but then but then what what is what happens or what is what is gained or whatever in in putting that out is it is it like is this supposed to be like okay it's about time uh to, that we can start laughing about 9-11 the the devo guy is look at what he did you know he it, it, see we're, we're getting to the point where it's it's okay yeah people died and everything it was horrific it was the catalyst for war and 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 uh a lot more surveillance and excuses to you know, check you out at the airport and, 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 and all this kind of stuff, but it's okay to start laughing about it now. Like, is that what, what, what I could take away from it? You know, I, I don't know. It might, I don't know if I'm asking that in, in a understandable way, but. I was trying to, uh, well, according to Buzzfeed, which is a uh, pretty reputable, I think, uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> Je- uh, Jerry, Casale is denying that he and his wife had a 9/11. Oh, he didn't have a, he didn't have a. No, you're wrong, Richard. He didn't have a 9/11 theme wedding. Oh. Even though there's all these pictures of it. Okay. And he was him on it, but That's... he's denying that he and his wife had a nine. It wasn't. Wait a minute. Maybe maybe I should read see what it's talking about. The denying that he and his wife had a 9/11 quote unquote themed. I mean, 9/11 themed quote unquote wedding, saying the cake was given to them by a friend. Oh, hmm. well, what about all the box cutters and stuff too? Yeah, the box cutters and it. So, what does that mean? The cake was given to him from by a friend, so then it it doesn't count, or it doesn't. Now it it's not balls out of his court. Is that like what that's supposed to mean? Like, what does that mean? Okay, he blamed <laughs> it on his buddy. Like that sucks. <laughs> so, In the photo: yeah, guess- Casale and his bride are seen smiling next to two cakes shaped like the twin towers. One cake has a picture of the bride, and the second has a picture of the groom. TMZ also published the photos and said it was they were box cutter party favors, which you can like, see on the table. Yeah, it's on TMZ. It's obviously yeah, all pre-prepared, and it wasn't like yeah, oh yeah, a, they had no idea, and then then his friend shows up with uh, a 
a wedding cake they weren't expecting. Like, really? Okay, I don't know. Seal said that the couple hadn't intentionally aimed to have their small courthouse wedding ceremony on 9-11. It just worked out that way. He said that the cake was actually a surprise from a friend who wanted to make a joke about how the couple getting married on 9-11. And it's, and it's like, I always happen to have a lot of personally engraved uh, box cutters laying around the house. So I just put them out for, yes, no, I just made that up. Um, <laughs> the, yeah, he had personally engraved box cutters. It, it takes a... It takes a that's a little planning there. It takes a couple of days to get stuff engraved. <laughs> I know I, I've, yeah. done, oh, yeah. I've done that work. And judging by those cakes, I, I'm thinking that that had to be, you know, that wasn't just a spur of the moment type of deal. Like some somebody was planning it. I, I don't know. I, I, I find it unlike because who, who doesn't plan their wedding cake? I mean, if you're having a wedding and you're going to have a cake – don't don't the don't the bride and groom aren't they usually at least asked about like what what flavor or something like that when they have to have some idea of what kind of a cake that was going to be there or didn't does that mean they picked out a different cake and they didn't get the cake they expected instead it was this one like uh, i don't know no nah, that's yeah. a crock of shit um <laughs> yeah it's uh funny though it's just yeah it just Really not very uh, sensitive to the victims, I guess. But see, they're celebrities, so I guess. Right. And uh, yeah, well, I don't know. So um, I don't know. I I can, if you want, I can pull up a few more quotes here. I could jump to another book. Did you Did you watch the the video Duel and Fireman? <laughs> Uh, part of it, I just yeah, it was, it was tough like to get through. <laughs> yeah, really tough to get through. I just yeah, so you can't. It, uh, uh, who who uh, maintains y'all's blog? Um, so it's it's pretty much Nino. I, I has I think the you know he started it and everything, and then but so me, John, and Mason, um, we're just you know we're 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 contributors so we can sign in and add anything we want or whatever to put up our own articles and all that but yeah it's pretty much nino started it and you know oh cool yeah it's gonna maybe give you guys some pointers on layout stuff but uh yeah because uh like the video embeds are like postage stamp size Uh uh-huh i could i could tell you how to do them bigger and stuff yeah i i'm such an amateur with any of this type of stuff like i actually it's funny i've been i have i have like a little essay i i put together that is pretty much done i just have to go through and proofread it again and and doctor it up a little bit but it's it's i mean just to do that it's taken me (laughs) a while i don't know like i don't know i'm just busy and, and and everything and then adding to it I, i'm not really like good with like i'm not real like computer savvy and stuff so it's like it's pretty challenging for yeah. me to, to get stuff done so well that particular issue is uh it's pretty easy pretty to easy. fix yeah, yeah. okay Just, uh, but uh you got to go into the code but it's easy to find out what you got to do in there so yeah it's got okay. a width and it's got a width and a height uh, oh okay, uh, and you can just adjust that, and you can yeah, you can just punch in a yeah, have it you know kind of. I, I would have it just fill up whatever available space is in there, you know, horizontally, mm-hmm. and then uh, whatever 
height yeah, like, looks good, you know. Yeah, yours are when you have videos up there, they're pretty good size. So yeah, I know area. Yeah, it would be yeah. good. Yeah, and I just have a standard yeah. one that I have in my head, you know, like that I use all the time, so that it's always consistent, you know. And it's uh-huh. it's it just uh it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just, just a viewable size and everything. But yeah, anyway, I didn't want to go into shop talk, but um, yeah, this uh, where were we talking about? Oh, okay, so well, I was saying I could uh, got some other quotes and things. I suppose I could, you know, from books I can pull up here. I have a funny one here. I have a pretty funny one from from uh, the No Effects biography. This is sort of. This is relates to minor threat, um, and of course we know that they're uh, they're known for starting like the the whole straight edge scene and, and all that. So this is <laughs> what did John say? Is a are they a threat to miners or a minor threat? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did he, he did say something like that? I, for, I forget. I think he said in an email, but oh, okay. That's a good I yeah, I, it's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, with these people, you know, it's like... <laughs> Threat to mine. <laughs> well, so... Okay, so... Um, okay, so this is from the No Effects book, uh, and this is a chapter that Fat Mike of No Effects uh, writes and pertaining to Brian Baker of Minor Threat. So, okay... Brian Baker was part of the band that coined the phrase straight edge as shorthand for a person who doesn't drink or do drugs. These days, he likes to mention that fact right before snorting a line of coke. And it's, and it's funny every, time, every single time. When bad religion and no effects were paired on various warp tours, Brian was always my pill, booze, coke party buddy. If I'm on tour somewhere and awake in the small hours of the night whacked out of my skull, I will often drunk dial Brian because chances are he will be equally awake and skull whacked. So when Brian Baker came to me after a 2006 show in Washington, D.C. and said, dude, take it down a notch, I knew I had crossed the line. Um, I guess really my own, the, the point of that is just... Isn't that interesting? <laughs> like the, Brian Baker of, of Minor Threat. This what we know what Minor Threat's uh, position was and what they're they're pretty known for. And and yeah, yeah, he's a he's a pill popping cokehead, I guess. <laughs> pretty um, interesting. Pretty interesting. Yeah, I, I thought so. Yeah. It was it was definitely worth underlining. I thought. <laughs> Brian Baker. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He he is. He is. Yeah. He's been around. I mean, he's he's uh he's been in a bunch of bands. Bad Religion, obviously. Um, and others that are just escaping my mind. But <laughs> yeah, this a this is a good one. This this book. Um, the no effects book it was really interesting um just getting sort of their the story their what they're putting in a book anyway the, the story there was a some nuggets I, I wouldn't say there was anything like super damning or anything like that or 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 uh it was real real important but definitely um some interesting 
Nuggets. Delano. What was this one? Delano's Ranchy Trashy fucked up, dude. Yeah, they're weird. Uh, I, I mean, I was a fan of. I mean, No Effects was one of the first punk bands I kind of got into and, and everything. And uh, you know, so I have that background. But and I remember the whole 2004 um, thing, like the Punk Voter. That was what uh, 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 an organization Fat Mike founded. Um, uh, that was to stop Bush from getting reelect from getting reelected and and uh you know so he was campaigning uh for for Kerry. We didn't want George Skull and Bones Bush, but he wanted John Skull and Bones Kerry instead <laughs> to, to 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 get put in place. Yeah, they typically fall in line with the parties uh, the the Democrat Party. Like, yeah. Uh, what, what is that about? I mean, I, you know, punk's supposed to be kind of going up against a system, but at the same time, it's like, oh, leftist politics is our bag, and yeah. that's what we are going to promote yeah. pretty much across the board, almost. Like, you, you know, you hear all these people, and they're like, all advocates for uh, whatever Democrat has happened to be running. Right. And then, like, what you see with... Uh, Barack Obama, like continuing the wars and ramping them up and everything, it's like the the, the anti war protests kind of like where do they go? They just like kind of disappear into the woodwork, and then like as soon as, as soon as they get a Republican guy in, it's like uh, they're they're back in action. Like war is bad now. It's like oh, what? Well, it's just it's just a, it's just amazing how it's just so flexible in that respect where yeah as long as as long as there's a democrat they can get away with you know literal murder droning right. people and all that but then if it's a republican then it's like well of course you know it, well, there's plenty of it. people pointing out that hypocrisy there but i don't need to do it but uh it is it it, it is something to point out about these punk bands or at least the high profile ones are like For democrats sure. like democrat uh, cheerleaders it's really really <coughs> yeah just ha- so happens to be huh so i went to um i went to the punk rock bowling festival uh last may i went to well i only went to the festival itself for one one of the three days um but it, it's i i don't know you're probably not familiar with it really but uh the it's like punk rock sort of takes takes over the 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 streets of the old town part of las vegas and uh for a memorial day weekend and there's shows going on in clubs and on the street and then there's the big the big festival show and 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 everything that that goes for there's three days of that um so just from what I saw, <laughs> which was only a small fraction of what was going on, so I can only imagine it was it was being said a lot more. But there was constant talk about, and and of course it's you know leading up to the election, so naturally they're going to be talking about it. But it was constant Bernie Sanders uh, propaganda. I mean, oh, really? so many of the bands were you know promoting Bernie Sanders, and and 
And there was, so one thing that stood out to me was there's this band, we were staying, we stayed at the Plaza Hotel, and they have pool parties. There's like pool parties like where punk bands play. And uh, this band called Angelic Upstarts, an old old British band, they were playing. And I, I wasn't down at the show, but um, from the balcony uh, at the end of the hallway we were staying in like you could go out and overlook the pool and so i was just standing there kind of watching from up there listening and and he says at one point like he's he, he brought up sanders and and trump and everything a couple times and he says uh if this was england or whatever that 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 trump would be put in jail for hate speech and <laughs> which this is what got me it's like this is a punk band talking so punk you know freedom to say and do whatever and all this kind of stuff but he's this guy is saying trump should be in jail for hate speech and you should be voting for for your man bernie sanders he said that at one point and and it's like the hypocrisy of all that is just it's just mind-boggling to me uh that 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 kind of that uh, just be such blatant hypocrisy and then of course the crowd is going to be like yeah you know yeah. it's like <clears throat> and then I, I just you know point this out that the symbol for anarchy is something that's also associated with punk rock but at the same time it's like anything but anarchy it's like <laughs> status it's like purely status like yeah. uh it, it, you know as far as like like you're pointing <clears throat> out and like i pointed out it's a yeah, or like Rollins and all these people, like a bad religion and all that. They're like statists. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're, I guess, be tip, typified as socialist uh, statists. Yeah. And then uh, pretty much, yeah, Sanders, oh, yeah. I guess, would be fairly mainline sort of socialist type individual. Oh, yeah. Not really that radical. Oh, yeah. Well, yep. pretty radical, but not that radical, you know, but definitely a socialist type uh, philosophy behind him. But, uh, oh, yeah, it's not. And we're all and, about know, him. I mean, it, it, it was just punk. the punk thing was like Bernie Sanders, man. Like that was like the, the, the punk party pick or whatever. <laughs> there was there was I saw a ton of these T-shirts, uh, you know, the black flag um, bars, right? Like the emblem for black flag. Uh huh. It, it was that, but it said Bernie Sanders, like, written like Black Flag. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I saw a ton uh, of those t-shirts. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah, it was just, it was, it was interesting. I heard so, uh, it, it was, it, I've been, to, I've been to that festival, um, I think four times, but yeah, this year, like, <clears throat> the, the political propaganda was just endless. Like, it, it was just. From from what I saw, it was it, like almost it seemed like almost every band was bringing it up, and and pretty much every everything was an endorsement of Bernie Sanders. Now, what is the name of the festival again? How's it right called now? Punk Rock Bowling. Punk Rock Bowling. Yeah, it was started um, as just kind of like this bowling tournament that uh byo records um which is mark and sean stern from the band youth brigade they have a record label called byo which was um they put out a lot of the old la bands 
uh, back in the 80s, TSOL, 7 Seconds, uh, just a lot of the, the old bands were on that label. And, and then uh, late 90s, they, they started up this this thing where it was like punk bands and punk labels go to Vegas, have a bowling tournament, a few bands would play or whatever, and it was just a party. But then it, it just expanded and turned into a festival that they have every year now. I hear where Black Flag got the name Black Flag. It's uh, I don't know if it's Rollins said this or uh, I heard this somewhere that it like in in battle and warfare if you're flying a uh, particular flag and there's different ones that mean different things uh-huh. throughout throughout right. war history and all that. But a black flag, from what I understand, means uh, take no prisoners. And you know we're going to uh, kill annihilate. and just you know annihilate annihilate yeah and that's uh, what that means right to annihilate to kill and war yeah pretty interesting yeah um so um so so that's so we have so. I guess we're we're waiting to see who's going to be the big flag carrier or how exactly it's going to go about like now with Trump in there but in when it was Bush so so it goes dormant as we were you know we were saying a few minutes ago it's it's always the 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 rhetoric goes dormant when there's a democrat in in the White House we've heard little about punk rock rising up against the system in the past eight years because, well, it was a Democrat. So, you know, even though this Democrat had endless war and, <laughs> and blood on his hands and forcing, uh, all kinds of things, well, forcing you to buy insurance or get fined and, and all this kind of non punk, I would argue kind of, uh, things that came from Obama, but, and we, but we didn't hear anything, but then before, then we heard all it was rock against Bush put out by fat Mike, um, or, or, or largely being put out by fat Mike, his, he kind of did the whole punk voter thing that he did. And that was Soros connected. Uh, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I'm pretty sure that was, yeah, I know, Mason put up uh, some stuff he put together on the Four Horses Asses uh, back in January. And, yeah, brief Soros. But, yeah, I mean, I know Soros is implemented with with Rock Against Bush in, in here. Um, but anyway, so what I guess what I'm getting at is then we had – but then – uh, back to the 80s and 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 what we're seeing the reboot of right with reagan with reagan then you had uh the the rock against reagan movement which i can throw out some other interesting tidbits from another book which um is uh memoirs from a damaged civilization by dave dichter who is the singer of mdc or millions of dead cops is what it's an acronym for um so that that rock against reagan thing that was a tour and that was a tour that was brought to you by the yippies 
<laughs> so I could I could read a little of this here, some some excerpts I have here. And I had posted a little bit of this up on the Four Horses Asses uh uh, a, a little, I don't know, I think it was back in January, but, um, okay, so it says, the Yippies, also known as the Youth International Party, were leftover radicals from the 1960s and 70s, based in NYC, founded originally by a collective that included Abby Hoffman, Jerry Rubin, and Paul Krasner, and best known for disrupting the 1968 Democratic Convention in Chicago, were joined in the 80s by a new young breed of activists. And some of them were hip to hardcore. MDC met Alan Thompson and Christy Robb, total activists who lived their entire lives trying to affect change. The Yippies offered us a tour with a political subtext. They wanted to legalize or at least decriminalize marijuana and get apathetic marginalized youth, that is, punk rockers, <clears throat> registered as voters to help oust Reagan from the Oval Office in, 1980, in the 1984 election. Um, they let us build the tour and sometimes the shows themselves with other bands. We could do our own shows in between Yippie shows to raise extra tour money, and local Yippies were supposed to raise money to put on the shows and hopefully get the touring bands gas and food stipends. Um... Each community reflected the yippie leadership of the different of the different scenes. <laughs> I thought that was a interesting. I'm jumping around a little bit here now in in in, in this chapter here, but I mean, yeah, essentially. So we have uh, the the yippies, which you know, Mason had actually also sent me a really extensive it was like thousands of pages long but this whole fbi uh file on on the yippies uh i didn't really get a chance to pour through all that but i'm sure there's all kinds of interesting stuff in there but you know the yippies um <clears throat> were this well as it says you know this hippie uh organization essentially uh that was you know on the radical political uh, thing, you know, doing all that. Um, yeah, okay, so then another interesting quote that I found interesting. The, the Yippies tossed handfuls of joints out into the crowd as we played while being slowly driven up Fifth Avenue. This was in New York. There was another, something else said to you about lots of joints being thrown out and and, and something like thousands I think it yeah it was like thousands of joints is what I recall but millions of dead cops and thousands of <laughs> and thousands of joints <laughs> but my 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 point with that or what I makes me think about that is like who's funding all that that's that's pretty expensive uh throwing thousands of joints out to to crowds of the who are showing up for rock against Reagan. I mean, that's, uh, sounds like some, you know, pretty generous, uh, yeah. Thousands like that's, uh, yeah, that's a lot of money, isn't it? I mean, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, and, but, and it's got to make you wonder, I mean, um, but yeah, I guess, you know, the two points of the tour were to, uh, decriminalize marijuana, which, that was a fail and to get reagan out of office which that was a fail too <laughs> but, 
But uh, another tidbit uh, from that um, in the last show, last Reagan Rock Against Reagan show for the year, which was a humdinger. Uh, it was set up by activist Dennis Perron, um, Whoopi Goldberg, and Bobcat Goldthwait were the MCs, <laughs> and the huh. and the lineup consisted of. Of the Dead Kennedys, contra, con, uh, contractions. I'm sorry, and MDC. It was like ten thousand people attended that one, in in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Just a few. I think what I found to be noteworthy. <laughs> well, that guy you brought up, that Dennis Perone guy, uh-huh. is, uh, like, I pulled up an article about him on Herb.co. I guess this is, like, a marijuana advocacy yeah. uh, website or group. Uh, said that you know, the headline of this reads, um, if I can pull it down here, uh, Dennis Perone and you owe everything to the godfather of weed. So this is the guy that's uh, supposedly responsible for getting marijuana legalized in the United States. So we're seeing this now, and this is something that came up during the most recent election where that was on the ballot in a lot of states, a legalization of marijuana. And, it, you know, it, is, it happens to now coincide with the Bernie Sanders and the people and mm-hmm. and, I, and I was thinking about that as you know you you brought it up uh was that uh i i I heard this too a lot of that a lot of people weren't necessarily that interested in politics enough to really but this uh ballot initiative with marijuana got a lot of people out to vote, and right. I was thinking maybe that's a a big aspect of this because I mean, marijuana legalization. I don't know how big of an issue it is. I mean, as far back as I can remember, it's it's always been one of the easiest things to get yeah. your hands on if you right. wanted to get it. I don't know why the there is so much of this uh, d- desire to get it legalized because you know it's like it's going to be like um like cigarettes or something like that where it's going to be regulated taxed it's going to be yeah. the quality is going to be in the interest of maximizing profit so that of course the quality is going to drop and then that's what they're saying is already happening now and the dispensaries are going to be eventually put out as they as it becomes more and more of a common thing on the market and it will just, uh, yeah, just deplete so the quality we- and all that. So I, I don't know, like the legalization of marijuana, I think is is um, maybe in maybe because you got to wonder why, why, why this push for it. And it's like, yeah, maybe to get m- more people political active and get them in these. Because uh, I, I think it's very important to have the voting thing continued in order to maintain our yeah, get phony system. Controlled- groups yeah yeah it's like voting is important it's but it's just symbolic and it's a it's a ritualistic thing i think more than anything but it, it is to um now i was i was talking about the black flag i might have i yeah. might have got some misinformation or whatever what that exactly means because i went and looked it up uh wikipedia of course but i mean whatever but it goes into that it's also a symbol for anarchy and i was reading that and i was like 
well, maybe is that what Black Flag, as far as the band, is that what they represent as anarchy? Because like, yeah, so like, like we're talking about, it's uh, you know, the anarchy symbol is, but that's quite ironic that they're going to have Bernie Sanders with the anarchy flag. <laughs> but it also says here that uh, modern anarchy anarchism is has share has a shared ancestry with, among other ideologies. Uh, socialism, a movement strongly associated with the red flag, and the red flag was um, w- was. Uh, well, I'll just read it here. During the French Revolution, the red flag was adopted by the J- Jacobins, or the however you say the Jacobins, Jacobin, Jacobins, yeah. uh, whose members controlled the insectu- uh, insurrectionary uh, Paris Commune and the assault on Tuileries, however you say that, the September massacres, blah blah blah. Black flag was displayed as emblem of protest during the first of the Cannot, Cannot revolts, an uprising of silk workers and lion. It's flown. Da, da, da. Yeah, um, yeah, anarchy, and uh, yeah, the Democratic uh, Party is, uh, I guess, synonymous. <laughs> the know. Anarchy Party, They're crazy. Yeah, the Anarchy Party, the Democrats. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's nuts. <laughs> well, um. Yeah, so to to continue with what you were saying, well, to sort of what you go on uh, from what you were saying about, um, uh, you know, getting people in this mindset of how important voting is and all that. Well, so these last couple books here I've, I've quoted from, you um, have MDC uh, uh, leading uh, being one of these leading the charge of rock against reagan in the 80s and one of the big points was to get marginalized youth out there to vote so getting people that otherwise think that there's no point to voting to to you know re to adjust their thinking to to knowing that oh yeah it is important right Uh, you gotta get out there and vote which I'm sure it was effective. <laughs> I bet it was. I don't. I, I bet they got all kinds of people signed up and voted and, and all that. So then, now we can jump forward to Rock Against Bush with Punk Voter and Fat Mike and and all and Jello Bafra. Actually, Jello Bafra went on tour with No Effects during that um, and did a whole bunch of spoken word stuff like before they played every night like. And trying to rally people to vote for John Skull and Bones Carey. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's a Jolly Roger black flag, uh, <laughs> Skull and Bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good point. <laughs> but, uh, and what, what from reading uh, the No Effects book, that Mike uh, says numerous times in there, it was like, you know, his goal was to, and uh, and I even remember it, from back when it was going on, the rhetoric, and they had the they had the compilation, the two volumes of Rock Against Bush and everything. The whole thing. Oh, that's what it was. I'm sorry. I know that's what the tie to George Soros was on that on that Rock Against Bush uh, compilation album. There was a bonus DVD, and there was uh, a like a documentary or whatever little short that was there. And that was that was. That was produced. That was produced essentially by Soros money. <laughs> so, well, yeah, anybody. it's the same thing that's been going on. I've heard this uh, too. There's, there's this Antifa group that the uh, 
people in the alternative press and stuff are pointing out is like that's not a new thing that's been around i mean the black black anarchists and stuff like that that's that's the same thing that's been around and it's been i mean we're we're just going through another repetition of this with uh trump right and Rollins said this that very thing on the most recent Joe Rogan interview. What was that like? A couple of that yeah. was last month. He did that interview yeah. with, uh, yeah. and then he said that yeah, we need this is Trump. It, yeah. what, uh, to paraphrase what he said, like Trump is a good thing in a lot of respects because it gives us a a, a push, a, like yeah. a push push board or something to right. put to push off against. We Spring need borders. Yeah, yeah. He says yeah. like in order to get friction, you got to have something to roll roll against or whatever. However, right. he put it. He says like yeah, this Trump is that, and it's like, and he, and he he did he also said something uh, again paraphrase like uh, something along the lines of um, that it's. It was like it's punk, it's punk rock time or something like that. Yeah, this is punk rock time. Yeah, this is yeah, a, yeah, rock against Reagan. It's just like yeah, yeah, he yeah. was around during all that, and he understands that. He understands. So the yeah, rock script. against Reagan, rock against Bush. Who's gonna lead rock against Trump? <laughs> it's, yeah, they got to start set. They got to start. Well, it's probably already being established as oh, we speak. I gotta already. look it up. I gotta look that up. Rock against Trump. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see what comes up. Oh, uh, rock against Trump. Now, yeah, so basically Trump is the greatest thing that ever happened to the left. And I punk guess. rock. <laughs> <laughs> it'll be the greatest thing. Well, it'll be a great thing for the music scene, I, I guess, for for the apple, uh, the apathetic, marginalized youth who, who don't see the value in voting. They'll, they'll, they'll have to be set straight by some, some punk punk rock stars or something i guess i don't know so of course i punch it into the nsa google and it says rock against trump uh limited edition double cd set with bumper sticker pack <laughs> with all your really? L- yeah your lgbt and your all your bullshit stickers oh. and all that rock against trump was a concept of jake chris christian christiansen i don't how do you say that name but of the denver trash band foobar what began as an idea for a compilation and benefit show for human rights quickly avalanched into a double CD album featuring 53 of the best punk and metal bands from Denver and beyond. The show was a great success, with the majority of door donations going to fund a caravan to support the Sacred Stone Camp. I don't know what that is. And proceeds from CD sales going to Amnesty International. Ah. 80% of the proceeds from the sales of the remaining limited edition CD sets and digital downloads will benefit the local Denver shelter for victims of domestic violence and other children and their children. Please donate. Rock nice. against Trump. John uh, had sent me, I'm trying to pull it up. Uh, he sent me an email, I believe it was. Um... Uh, right, right after the inauguration, which should help me narrow it down. Actually, uh, twenty. Is this it? Musicians who hate Donald Trump rock against Trump on iTunes. Uh, yeah, it's there. It's out there. It's real. Um. Hmm. pretty sure it was an email unless it was a text but i thought it was an email um but uh uh yeah there was a whole it, 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 it was there was a whole uh 
the inauguration night and everything, there was a bunch of punk uh, punk rock music protests going on or, or, and, and whatever. Uh, Do we have a rock against Obama? Let's check that out. No, that's exactly. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing. Of course not. No, and there was no rock against Clinton, and and I'm sure there wouldn't have been a rock against Hillary. I know there wouldn't have been a rock against Bernie. That would have never happened. <laughs> but um, there is rock against Obama. But it seems like a some some small outfit put something on Facebook. Oh yeah, a couple well, of people if that, that have happens, brain in their yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe there was a rock against Clinton too. I, I I don't know, but like it definitely. If if it if there is, it doesn't take off the way. They no, it's not. With uh, stuff doesn't look like anything that's actually a promoted deal with any kind of real backing. Uh, On Reddit, it says many punk rock bands raged under Bush, but with Obama doing the same thing and more, they're strangely quiet. Dot dot dot. I'm glad they called out Fat Mike from No Effects in that article. No Effects political satire influenced me. Maybe I'll call it that article. I'm reading the Reddit. I don't get Reddit. It's like the the way it, the format of it is really squirrely. It, I don't like it. It's can yeah. I don't know. It kind of confuses me. But <laughs> yeah, it's like confusing. It's like okay, where does this thread start? Where does it end? Like what? It, it's all disjointed. It's really irritating. I don't like it. Yeah. Uh, back in November, Mark Judge wrote an in- interesting piece at a, a acculturated what at acculturated entitled "Punk Rock's Moment" that explained how the punk rock genre and cult and cult and cultural has an opportunity be- to become relevant once again, quote unquote, after President Barack Obama's reelection. Punk is often considered an anarchic and at least liberal art form, but politically, it has all it has been all over the map. Most famously, there was Johnny Ramone, of the right-wing guitarist for Ramones, noted judge. And while the famous Washington, D.C. hardcore scene, once led by Fugazi, was it full of left-wing act- activism, the straight-edge, quote-unquote, philosophy of some of the bands, no booze, no drugs, could almost be considered monastic. Uh, the replacements is always more about parties and poetry than elections. The judge explained that the Dead Kennedys one of the, is one of the uh, quote, great satirical rock bands of all time, unquote, pointing the band's ability to question their own beliefs, which was something he says was sorely missing from today's punk scene. Instead, he explains punk bands of the day are afraid to touch their messiah, President Obama. Yeah, so they don't touch President Obama. <clears throat> Interesting. Yeah. It's a no-no. You don't, you don't, yeah, even though, yeah, he's ramped up the wars, didn't close Gitmo drone strikes on teenagers and is that is that punk drone strikes on uh teenagers at, at uh, cafes i guess it depends if you're on the the nihilistic punk end of the yeah. scale you're on the yeah so the it is punk yeah political okay. cool. uh peace punk uh as long the as the republicans not doing it and then it's totally cool and punk i guess yeah uh yeah 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 but, uh, <laughs> Uh, it goes on and on, but yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. I'm tr- see if I can. Just still trying to find this thing from John. But yeah, no, that's 
That's interesting. Uh, back in December, this author wrote a response to Judge in which tons of skepticism was expressed. President Obama has now been in office for more than four years. During the course of his presidency, he reauthorized the Patriot twice, authorized the indefinite detention of American citizens, uh, continued intervention in countries that pose no threat to the United States, authorized the use of drones to assassinate American citizens who are merely accused of terrorism, and has, in fact, expanded the war on drugs. Yeah, so... I think the war on drugs, yeah, has expanded under Obama. And that's when they were, like, cracking down on the uh, legal pot dispensaries in California, sending SWAT teams and shit. That was all under Obama. Is that? Yeah. But is that punk? That's that's punk. SWAT teams are punk. For some reason, the punks just, uh, I don't know, they get lazy when there's a Democrat or whatever. It's, I guess it's not yeah, as they, important to they protest. They go radio uh, silent on you. Wow. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I don't know what that could be about. It's, it seems a little strange, <laughs> unless it's, unless it's some kind of uh, controlled sort of movement from. <laughs> I don't know, man. Come on, Listen, give me. Yeah, no, no. Uh, yeah, it's just so obvious, man. Give me a freaking break already. Yeah, I was skimming through this article. Da, 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 da. I actually did find it finally, but it's going to take me a second to get it so I can actually read it, but <laughs> bear with me. Oh, well, see now, this is something you'll hear too. It's like, uh, like in this article... As a response to this, you know, it's like, hey, why aren't, why aren't you talking about the bad stuff that Obama's doing? He simply hasn't lived up to the rhetoric. It's not that Obama had, quote, a ton of bullshit to try and fix and clean up, unquote, as principal said, but rather that the message he had and so many others in the punk rock community unquestionably bought into was bullshit. So, yeah, I guess the punker's response was, like, Bush left him a big mess and he just was trying his best to clean it up. Yeah. And then uh yeah, the I guess the drone strike uh assassinations against American citizens were uh oh, somebody else's fault. I don't know. Uh Yeah, it, they, they they it's like yeah, I know that's like what Fat Mike's argument or or what he was trying to say was not that he thinks that John Kerry is this flawless guy but it's it's always at least he's you know he's better that's that's always the thing though it's it's a lesser of evils right it's not it's not that they're they're perfect people they're just better and and than than the opposition and they you know and let's let's go with the anti-war uh party that's what ian mckay said um in the interview uh a recent interview think john was the ultimate finder of that but um yeah ian mckay said that he always votes for whoever's least likely to go to war <laughs> <laughs> well which one is that i mean that's like yeah, yeah great i mean this most recent thing is like everybody's on board with war uh what little bit of the uh debates i was looking at is like yeah everybody's on board with war i don't know if bernie sanders was i guess he who knows? But it doesn't matter. Oh, 
So here, okay, so here is the article. It's from Huffington Post. And it, uh, it says, the best inauguration week music won't be found at the Capitol building. And it is, it's, um, who is it? It, it, uh, Donald Trump has some serious trouble locking down musicians to perform his inauguration festivals or festivities. Um, several live performance planned this month. They're taking a loudly anti-Trump stance, including the Planned Parenthood and all-access concert show-up. The event taking place at the 930 Club in Washington, D.C. on January 19th will be headlined by Common and The National. The show is free, but sadly tickets are still required, extremely limited. Um, but yeah, that's ni at the 930 Club, which is the famous Washington, D.C. punk club that I know we will be talking about more in the future on these installments. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just a bunch of talking about the, the anti-Trump uh, concerts that were going to be going on around the inauguration time there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure it, you know, did a lot to, you know, get people motivated to, to uh, I don't know, kick him out of the White House or impeach him or something. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, I don't know where the people thought these protests were going to go. Are they still doing that? I don't I haven't kept up with it or I don't know if you if you know or not, but like are people still trying to protest and or allegedly protesting or whatever they're doing? I don't know. I notice like it's now it is like um so I, I look at Infowars sometimes, and I look at some of the stuff that's on YouTube and stuff with the U YouTubers. And um, so you got the the, the so-called alt-right or whatever you want to call them, and they and it, it is like now is this campaign to uh, to point out the ridiculousness of the uh, left, you know, and oh. and. And now it's kind of like a a lot of focus on that. Like it, it is now like time to like focus on the hypocrisy of the left and how uh, zany, silly, nonsensical they are, and how hypocritical they are. But uh, it, it, yeah. So it, it's it's like um, the uh, left-right paradigm, you know. Of course, the divide and conquer strategy, and. Uh, yeah, pointing out the hypocrisy of the other side. Don't look at your own hypocrisy. Don't look at the, the, the fact that, you know, you're the uh, now on the side of, you know, somebody who's pretty consistently engaged in warmongering, you know. But, and I've pointed out several times, it's like, yeah, war and the military and all that. I mean, military can be looked at in one respect as a giant social welfare program because, like, right. most people in the military don't actually – fight the imaginary boogeyman that's the military helps to create too so um yeah it's it's like a giant but then at the same time too like uh, a lot of military is really tough on families too so it's like it 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 helps aid in the destruction of the family 
Yeah. And which uh, is, yeah, then, then that um, opens up more social welfare, pro- welfare programs for people who, you know, are, come from broken homes, you know, and it's like that. They, right. that's, so they have to. So one one hand feeds the other, you know, it's like with the with the right wing and the left wing. So you got the total ridiculous hypocrisy of the left and the totally ridiculous hypocrisy of the right. And they can each point out each other's hypocrisy. And then like uh, Alex Jones can cry and bitch about like his um uh chant his his outfit getting uh there was an advertise an online advertising service and stuff like that that handles his advertisements and then they sent him a notification that you know about his politics you know he's being too slanted in his politics i guess is what their position is and then you know jones is saying oh because i'm a trump supporter they're not they're not uh, taking they're they've They've banned me as a customer out of it. So it's censorship. It's censorship. It's like, no, not according to your position. You know, it's like it's like you're it's like with the libertarians and people like that in that position. They're always talking about, yeah, everything, you know, needs to be free market or or at least they play into that idea. It's like, okay, this is a private company. They can refuse service to anybody they want. It's like, what are you complaining about? You know, it's like if they decide that they don't like your politics, yeah. they could, that's, yeah, that's their right as a private What's the company. <laughs> What's the problem? You know, yeah. they're just exercising their right. And it's like, yeah, that's, well, that's what you get with the private, public, you know, everything that's in the system is like, uh, yeah, purported to be so-called private. But in a lot of instances, it's really not private. Like university systems are considered a lot of them are considered private institutions yet they get probably a good majority of the funding from you know pell grants and shit like that but see that doesn't matter it's still private but it's like uh yeah walmart gets subsidized out the yang and uh probably youtube and google too this probably subsidize out the ass through the government and stuff like that but um they're still private but no, it's like yeah, the libertarians though. It's like it's like everything is a market. You know, needs to go over to the markets, and the markets will make everything fair and good. And it's like, well, yeah, don't bitch when you get booted out of a big or Twitter or something like that because they, hey, they're private. They don't like your politics. They got every right to kick your ass out. I mean, I totally hear what you're saying, but then on another level, it's like you. Do you think that's as that just staged or something? Or? Like, cause that, I don't know. Yeah, it's but no, no, no matter what, it's still hip, hypocritical. Oh yeah, I no mean, doubt. You, yeah, 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 and, and maybe not, maybe I, not, I bla- not maybe not blatantly hypocritical. I mean, I guess they got a right to whine about it, but at the same time, they should also, add, as an addition, say, well, they have every right to do it if you know that's what they want to do. Yeah. Which, no, I uh, agree. But- but I mean, I wonder if they're just doing it to create some sort of hype. Give, give. I don't know. He gets his talk. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. definitely always. Yeah, that's the first thought too comes to mind. It's like, yeah, is this some? Because it's like, oh, well, uh, 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 this is going to be like a third of my revenue gone. I need, I need, uh, I need the info warriors to step yeah. in and help. And yeah, of course. <laughs> so he'll probably come out way ahead of the the Please deal once it's all. Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, family members, friends, and family members. Yeah, but at the same time, it's pretty hypocritical too. It's like, yeah, yeah, well, aren't they private? Can't they? You know, what do you? What do you? Because their point, because the main point is like, oh, see, I'm getting persecuted for my politics. It's like, well, no, they're private. They can, if they could, if they don't like your politics, they can, yeah, boot you out and not do business with you. That's totally their prerogative. But according to the libertarian. 
you know, perfect yeah. world of the libertarian non-aggression principle future where the markets are going to, like, solve every problem. It's like, well, yeah, you should make sure you point that out, too, that they have every right. And then that's, right. you know, that's how things are, are going to be done in the free market, you know, too. Well, of course, it would be pointed out if if it was if he was talking about a story where, uh, uh, you know, some libertarians decided some, some good Christian li- libertarians decided that they didn't want to, they didn't want to make, bake a wedding cake for, for the gay couple. And that should be the right to do it. Then it would be brought up. But of course, yeah. you know, it's always, it's always spun to whatever he's trying to. Yeah. It's always, yeah. It's to, so much hypocrisy right. to point out on either side. It's like, it's yeah. just, you know, it's just, that's politics, so it's like the that's yeah. how it works, you know. It's like yeah, and so when you got the left bitching and complaining and stuff, yeah, they have legitimate concerns and things they can point out. That's uh, it's super hypocritical and stuff. And it's like uh, you know, like in the system, like people trying to get a decent minimum wage and stuff like that, and they're you know, so they're 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 appealing to the uh, to the government to en- enact a law. But then, you know, at the same time, you got the libertarians people pointing out or, you know, right right wing people pointing out that that's, you know, that, that's that's bad or, or like unionizing is bad and stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. well, it's a um, or, you know, it's like it's, it's bad for business and stuff like that. But then in, in reality, it, not to go off subject, but I'm, I think it's kind of all kind of ties in yeah i agree is that uh yeah if you give if you if people are making eight bucks an hour and it goes up to 15 bucks an hour it's like what are they going to do with that money mm-hmm. the the people at that level of the uh economic class you know they're going to spend every penny of it typically yeah. and they're going to get you know they're, they're going to take their family out to dinner an extra night or order a pizza or something they're going to spend it and then it's going to go right into the economy and it's going to go right back to the businesses that it's obvious that's what'll happen. Yeah, which is not what happens when you move a Walmart and they send a big, considerable portion of the profits to Bentonville, Arkansas, to the headquarters, to the. I don't know if that, and then it goes offshore accounts and stuff like that. That's it. Doesn't stay in the economy. It's like, but that's okay because they're quote unquote private. And then at the same time, they're getting subsidized, and half their employees are on welfare getting subsidized. And that, but that's cool. They can they can right. pay them whatever the market will bear. Well, that's not what the market will bear if they're subsidized by right. social programs. But there's so much idiocy in all of this, where it's like you could totally ignore big important aspects of the whole debate back and forth. But yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's funny, like with with minimum wage. And all like the going up and and all and wait I don't know did it go up everywhere was that a did it go up everywhere or I I know Arizona it, it went up and what's interesting is I made I I just noted because whenever that happens of course the, the, yeah it, it it might be good for for everybody for for the people receiving that money these pockets. Uh, for now, but for how long? Because then everything else rises too. Then you know all the all the prices go up. So what I noticed last week, and this is by no means an endorsement of Whole Foods. I'm really not a Whole Foods fan, but I do go there uh, mm. on occasion. And I was there last week, 
and I uh, I got a I was getting a few things that I I I noticed the prices on on some of these items that I've gotten for a long time and I, I'm familiar with the price. It went up like it was like a dollar, dollar fifty or whatever more wow. than yeah. it had been, and I was just like, what the heck? Like out of nowhere, and then I was like, oh, this is because the the minimum wage thing. I bet you, but although I don't think I don't know, I don't think. Whole Foods is paying minimum wage, but I guess then probably everybody wants wants a bump up in in their pay. Then probably you know, so well, I don't want to be making minimum wage. You got to give me more. So yeah, so I bet there. I think there's this big ripple effect that ultimately these companies don't want to eat eat the cost that they're going to be the extra money they're going to be putting out. So then naturally then they just incrementally raise raise prices and 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 everything, and then and. <laughs> Sure. Within a couple of years, you're probably the, the people that thought they were getting ahead by getting more minimum wage. They're probably going to just be back in the same positions because then the crisis, the prices go up across the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true too. Like, yeah, they definitely. Whether now you can have like say a noticeable, appreciable uh, increase in sales for a business, but they'll still raise their prices because it'll be like uh, you know any. Uh, no, it depends. Of course, it depends. But the the thing too, I, I've I've read up on this subject quite a bit. I, I I was interested in for a while, like big box stores and how they affect the economy and stuff like that. And they say, and they said like uh, like a lot of local businesses, like the like a, a pretty good majority of them wouldn't even be impacted by minimum wage because they already pay their employees like a pretty decent wage. Right. And especially like hardware stuff stores, I didn't even know this, but they said like you, you get a, like an independent ma uh, or uh, like an Ace Hardware is like a fran it's like a franchise type franchise, thing where it's yeah. like yeah, and they said like their employees make like uh, really good money, and I was like I didn't know that. I mean, but it's like yeah, they they have they put a premium on knowledgeable people, and they want them to stay there, and they right. pay them a good wage. So like where the minimum wage would impact would be like McDonald's, Walmart, right. and stuff like that. That's like why, and it's like, well, why the hell is like libertarians so upset about uh, the minimum wage? Because they're saying, oh, it's going to hurt small businesses, but statistically, it really wouldn't. Now there may be some exceptions to that, of course, but I don't, I don't think there's that many independent businesses out there that are paying their employees minimum wage. But I'm, I'm sure there's exceptions to that. But yeah, no, I think that's, I think what you're saying, that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think it's, it's the the reason why it's so violently uh, opposed by the so-called right or left. I mean, the lib- libertarian crowd or whatever is that it uh, it, it is going to affect Walmart. It's going to affect the big the big the big boys. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, but no, yeah. Then it could be too. Yeah, like the it'll just be. Uh, uh, an excuse to raise prices, you know. They, they definitely, I definitely think that they would raise prices on uh, hamburgers and shit if the fast food is made to pay that. Yeah, so it would be a wash. Yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, if only somebody like Bernie Sanders got in there and made legislation that would prevent them from being able to do that you know then price caps yeah yeah price caps and then we <laughs> then you know it probably would have been okay but unfortunately people didn't get out there and vote that's right <laughs> learn our lesson eventually we'll vote harder next time <laughs> and it's like did, did you hear that uh 
right after he yeah during the inauguration all the riots or whatever and all that um i heard that that trump said some something along the lines of him saying um that these people that all these people that were out in front of the white house or whatever they should have gotten out and out and voted he was he was saying they didn't vote Donald Trump, who just literally weeks prior, months prior, was saying that the whole that 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 elections were rigged, and putting this idea out there and saying that you know like that that it was rigged and and, and promoting the idea that uh, you know Hillary was going to steal the election, which I, I I thought I mean I I I I assumed that was probably going to happen, so it was duped but i think there was good reason to 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 think that that's definitely what they were trying to make us think but um but yeah you know if if uh it's it's their fault their own faults for not getting out and voting which (laughs) yeah yeah i think yeah i think it was really again you know looking back on it it's like um it was it's pretty obvious how how that was it suggested that Hillary is rigging it and she's going to win by cheating. And then they had that uh, tit for tat on the debate, on the public debate. And then, yeah, Trump is there asking Trump if he, if he is going to accept the results if they come, you know, right. yeah. and, and not protest it. So that it's always like right there putting the idea in your mind, oh, that rat fink Hillary is rigging it. That's why she doesn't want anybody to protest the results. But it's like, and then it turns out to be the opposite. Like the Electoral College voted Trump in, and they said he didn't even get the popular vote, which right. is like that's that's a total non sequitur, right? It's bizarre. It's like what, and then nobody points that out. It's like they're but they they want, and then they go on pretending like he got the popular vote, but he didn't. And then 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 they and they but then they've come out after the fact saying that like, oh look, Trump really did get the popular vote. Hillary tried to rig it, but the well, what does that have yeah. to do with the electoral oh, college? California. What does that have to do with the electoral college? It's like it's, it's weird. I mean, I understand kind of how the electoral college is supposed to work because it's, it's supposed to be like where you know you have sparsely populated areas that can have you know fair representation where they're not right. just asked out of the deal against mm-hmm. you know populated areas like California. So I'm understanding yeah, yeah. what they're talking about. Like, but um, I, I I still don't get like how. If you don't have the popular vote, you still get the electoral college vote. That that's still. But then I guess well, if if it's in if if there was overwhelming popular vote in those underrepresented areas, I mean underpopulated areas that are equally represented, then then it sort of makes sense. But then the, none of that is really uh, uh, pointed addressed. Really, it's like uh, so. Right. It's it's kind of. Uh, but it's it's all fake and rigged. I mean, yeah, exactly. I was gonna say, uh, not that I. I mean, exactly because yeah, totally I don't believe rigged. in any of it. But even if you go off of what they say, well, the electoral college, there's no, there's nothing, there's no gun to their head to make them uh, really reflect the the popular vote. That's what they're supposed to do. But right. there's there's no enforcement of that. So, um, 
But yeah, like you say, it's like well, it's all it's all bullshit anyhow. So. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, looking back on it, and they were making that, and they were pretty, they were baiting people and probably like get you to think, oh yeah, this is a sure shot, Hillary's going to win, and all that. It's like that was just all manipulation and shit. And then like after the fact, when uh, it, I think a lot because those are CIA operatives, like in CNN and stuff like that, and then they know uh, a lot of them know the the script. And I was watching some of that. It's like these people are obviously acting, and I think some of these are. Some of them maybe not, but like I think a lot of them are. They're they're acting and they're setting the tone, and they're, and and they're making this. They're making these like preposterous double standards and stuff like that to to inflame people, to inflame people and stuff like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and uh, entice people into these bickering and arguments and stuff like that. It's like obvious right. and and a lot of it's just acting a lot of it's just plain acting the people are are feeding into this and then, and then this has been actually pointed out too like you'll get these protesters that are like really shrill and over the top and ridiculous and they and they'll show them an example of a oh here's one of those you know left of snowflakes and look at them having a meltdown it's like oh and it comes out later they're a performance artist or something it's like yeah this is performance art or whatever theater a lot of it, a lot of the overtop examples, and then they had the kid on there that said, "Did, did you see that one where he was saying that um, they they were interviewing him and said, well, who started this fire?'" And he says, "I did because I yeah, the president okay. or whatever." That's yeah, Drew. Ca- that's Drew Carey's kid, the guy was that was it. Okay. Yeah, the, the Price is Right dude's kid. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I, I, I when I first saw that, I didn't know who he was." Yeah, and it was I think on Mark Dice or something like that, and it's like, "Oh, look at the liberals! Look how terrible! And look at they're exploiting children and all that." And 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 I, I said, "Okay, I'll watch it." And then they showed the kid, and I said, and I, I actually put a left a comment on that video. I said that was so awkward and scripted and and staged it's yeah, like embarrassing okay. it's like it's obviously a, a staged thing they put the kid up to, to say it and he's like reading off a script he's like it's staged but yeah it turns out that yeah later i find out it's like oh that's drew carey i think it was on no agenda they said oh that's drew carey's kid i wonder oh, how they on. figured that out <clears throat> how they figured what out the that it was that it was his kid and i wonder how like uh I, I probably uh, the he admitted it. Uh, I think, oh, yeah, like he said so. something about it. It's somewhere. Oh, okay. Drew Carey did like a proud of my son or something. He's a good. <laughs> he's a good kid. Setting fires out in public and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's like you no, know, they're, they're they're actors and they're prodding. They're pro- they're they're setting the tone and making this all over the top and ridiculous. Yeah, it's like it's yeah, it's like you, th- you think people are that nuts? It's like no, I don't. I don't know. I know I see. I know from past experience a lot of this one, just stuff I've you know I had. Uh, I know when my buttons are. I know when somebody's trying to push my buttons. I'll just put it that way. And mm-hmm. it's like you learn eventually. Like no, this is not going to get. I'm not going to let it get to me. I just don't. And, I, and I've kind of like over the years, I've really, I've had to. I've had to condition myself. To not let people push my buttons, and and it's like, uh, so I've I'm I'm attuned I'm attuned to it, so I, I see it for what it is when I see it on TV or stuff. Someone is trying to push your buttons. That's what they're trying to do. It's like they're they're yeah. it's manipulative action, and uh, but people but see we're being told that if you're you know of a right wing persuader or something, you need to be uh, 
ref- reflexively react to all this shit. Yeah. Which is nonsense. It's nonsense. It's theater, mostly. Some well, of it's not. Some of it, like, people are really crying and upset. You're supposed to be responding to Trump and, and all that. Like, so no matter what side you're on, you're supposed to have these knee-jerk reactions and buy it up and, you know, believe all that. Yeah, and that's what I think punk rock is. I think that that is standard in punk rock. It's like, okay, you're, you're, you want to buck against the system and you want to, quote-unquote, rebel. And they show you how to do it. Well, this is how you do it. And then we're pointing out that it's like, yeah, very partisan. Like, what's that? What the hell is that? You you got anarchy, Bernie Sanders. I guess that's what Black Flag is. I don't know. I guess there's different interpretations, but one of it's anarchy. (laughs) Bernie Sanders anarchy. Okay, that's freaking ridiculous for one thing. (laughs) But then, but see, they're telling you how to protest, how to buck against the system. Yeah. Rollins is going to tell you, yeah, to, to fight the system, you either mm-hmm. need to vote for, like, John Kerry, Skull and Bones, number one, or, like, a guy like Bernie Sanders, a Republic, I mean, a Democrat. Right. Uh, come well, on. Well, he's a socialist Democrat. So, well, you know, he's a socialist he, Democrat, he, right. He, he yeah. has you in mind. Like, he, he's out there for you. <laughs> right. And he's better than Trump. Yeah, he's better than Trump. And, and Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> yeah, so he's good. And he's yeah. punk. Yeah, which yeah. <laughs> he's anti-establishment. I, 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 you know, I'm still when I think about that. It's like these guys. I, I don't know how many of them have really figured it out. It's like that the guy Bernie Sanders was put out there as a freaking carrot on a string, like just to, you know, to 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 get you stirred up. I mean, there was no chance that he was ever, that that they ever had. They were really intending on putting him in. They just wanted this guy that all these people were going to love. And yeah, and I like he, how the right wing, like you know, they say Zan- okay, Zanders is a socialist and all that, and he's like he's promising like free school. Yeah. It's like oh, that's so outrageous and socialist. Free. Like we can't <laughs> have that unless you join the military and get the GI Bill, then it's cool. <laughs> it's like yeah, if you fuck, I mean, come on, you know, it's yeah. like. Uh, yeah, we got no money for school, but like, what was the Iraq War? F- four trillion. They said it, I, I've heard estimates too of six trillion, but again, what's oh, what's yeah. ass just money, right? But yeah, no, no way we can have socialized free, free yeah. school, which would be a which would be a disaster. Don't get me wrong, I'm not for that, but. It, it, I'm just pointing out the ridiculousness. Yeah, of it. yeah, the, yeah. The, this one's okay, but the other's not. Yeah, yeah. I mean, school is a total fucking disaster, uh, free or whether you pay for it. But yeah, I guess it would be nicer not to get in so so much ridiculous debt. Debt. And, well, you know, but that's well, it's part. I mean, well, there was a time when you could go to extended schooling or to college, and you wouldn't come out with. Uh, debt for the rest of your life.
What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.